What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the LCR Media Podcast. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's IBG episode, it's the long-awaited uh, episode for me anyway, the long-awaited for myself to be able to re- record an episode specifically talking about 2023 and my plans for 2023. I know I've kind of teased a little bit or just kind of, you know, a lot of my previous conversations have already kind of uh, led into some of my plans for 2023, but I just wanted to put them all in this one episode and then, you know, the stuff that I haven't talked about yet, just so that, you know, as people are searching for content in the new year, you can find, you know, my specific plans for 2023. I know probably a lot of other folks will be doing the same thing. Other podcasters and uh, content creators will be putting these kind of things out. Like, you know, my, my setup for 2023, here's my changes for 2023, you know, that whole thing. It's just kind of a common thing, right? The ending in the beginning of, of the new year is typically a good time frame to discuss changes or, you know, like to reflect on the past and, and plan for the future and things like that. So, especially from a business standpoint, that's something that everyone should be doing. You should be doing that with your own business. You know, what worked, what didn't work, what do I need to change, fix, improve or whatever, or start, you know, or create in the, in the future. So I had my previous episode talking about 2022 and reflecting on that, that, uh, you know, year of second chances. So if you haven't heard that episode, definitely after this one, go ahead and click on that one. It's most likely the previous episode to this, but we'll just see how the chips fall with that. Uh, Cause I'm finally starting to get some interviews going and it's going to, going to keep kind of just ramping up into lots more interviews with uh, only a few in between IBG, you know, hence in between guest episodes to kind of set up, you know, upcoming guests and things, which is always the intention for the IBG episodes. It was never just for me to just be, you know, having solo episodes, you know, all the time. But some sometimes of the year it becomes that when everyone's really busy and it's hard to kind of lock down times uh, with guests and, and myself with everything that's been going on over the years, especially um, for me personally and professionally. So it's a lot easier sometimes for me to just get in the studio now that I have a studio, uh, that a space, a studio space that I rent that I can just come in, hit record and and get, get some stuff off my mind. Um, it's a lot quicker and easier in, in times than, you know, trying to coordinate all this stuff with other folks and everything. So anyway, I said all that just to say there's going to be a lot more guests coming up soon. So um, I just recorded recently the 2022 episode, you know, re, uh, re- recapping, reflecting on 2022. And now this is planning for 2023. So if you haven't heard yet, which I, I, I did dedicate an episode to this because I just wanted to get the cat out the bag and just kind of just for my own self start processing this decision because... It's just sometimes big decisions are not easy, but they have to be made. And I'm, you know, depending on your personality type, it could be, you can handle it in different ways and it could be better or worse or whatever. And I'm just someone that's always been super humble and grateful and have never really had much of anything in my life. Definitely have hardly ever had anything given to me in my life. I always had to fight for everything, you know, never had any, any money or anything was, was, was pretty, pretty poor, you know, growing up, like, like a lot of folks I know that, that are in this, that, that, that have that startup story and, and they, and they, you know, kind of the whole rags to riches thing. And it's very motivational and inspiring. And, and I just, I'm glad to be a part of that as well, but my story is definitely not over. I've got a long ways to go, but you know, I can afford more than one pair of shoes a year for sure. Um, I couldn't afford any pairs of shoes when I was a kid. I had to wait, you know, for my mother, um, 
my godmother to uh, buy for, on my birthday. She would buy me a new pair of, of sneakers, you know, uh, every every year. So, and I, I made those things last and be crispy and clean as much as possible for the entire year because I only had one. So, but I, I obviously learned a lot of lessons with that, right? I learned how to take care of stuff and appreciate stuff because it. You know, it's not like I had a, ple- it's not like I could just go out and buy a new pair. Oh, no big deal. I'll just get a new pair. Like, oh, mommy and daddy buy me a new pair. Or I'll just somehow I have, you know, I have a job or whatever and I'll just buy myself a new pair. Like I, I was never in that boat. So I say all that to say that <clears throat> a big thing for me in 2023 is in the end of 2022, I purchased a second truck and I've been wanting to get a second truck for years now. Um, and it's something that I've probably procrastinated on a a little bit because of everything I just said from my past. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm not a good gift receiver. I'm a better gift giver than a good gift receiver. I'm just, I'm just not used to ever getting things or ever being given things. So I I just like, don't react to it. Well, I don't know how to handle it. I always have buyer's remorse whenever I get something that I need or really want or deserve or all the above for myself. I'm just like, ah, like what? Like, no, like, ah, it just makes me feel weird. And I'm sure there's a lot of other people that can relate. It's just kind of a psychological thing that probably childhood trauma and all that, whatever, you know, we're not going to go down those rabbit holes in this episode, but it's been tough for me. So I'm trying to process this new purchase by talking about it. So you're part of my therapy session, but you know, here's my rationale. Like I said, I've been trying, I've been wanting to buy a second truck for, you know, whether that be a brand new truck or a, a used truck, whatever, just a second truck for years now, because in order to get to a second crew, which has been my goal for many years, for the last couple of years now, not many years, I mean, since, since year one, that my goal was to have two crews, but in five year increments, right? First five years, get to the, get the first crew and then the second five years work on the second crew. So in order to get to a second crew, you need a second vehicle, right? A second truck or whatever to be able to drive people out with equipment and and get more work done. So, but because I could never find a stable crew leader for crew one, I was always the crew leader for crew one. And then trying to treat yards and do stuff that a second crew, AKA me in a second truck um, could, could be doing. It was just a whole lot of double duty, a whole lot of cramming things in a whole lot of sun up to sun down a lot of weeks and months throughout the last few years. You know, I talked about this in my 2022 recap of how, you know, things are starting to get better, you know, from a labor, a labor market perspective, trying to find and keep good people in 2022. But, you know, we still obviously have work to room to grow with that. And it's always been a challenge, even before COVID, trying to find and keep good people in the uh, in the outdoor industry. Anything that you have to do outside that's labor intensive, it's always been challenging for decades to find good people to do that um, and keep good people to do that. But with COVID, it made it way worse, unfortunately, and, and to the point where it was almost non-existent finding people. It was almost impossible. So that 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 was rough for sure. Um, so I couldn't find anybody, you know, consistently to be that crew leader to, um, <clears throat> you know, to, to drive one truck and a crew while I drive another truck and either a crew or just me, myself and I treating yards, that's value right there because I can get some of my time back instead of getting home, you know, after dark and missing dinner because I'm trying to get all my yards treated after we mow lawns, you know, all day or whatever, you know, whatever it is, or working on a weekend or something to, to get it all caught up. I could just work a regular schedule, you know, while, while one crew is mowing lawns that day, I could be in the other truck out furting, 
those lawns behind them or other, you know, lawns from a different route, you know, that day, you know, whatever. And, and, and that's what most companies do, right? Uh, unless that's all they do is, is, is for, you know, and, and stuff, but any companies that do both, you know, that that's pretty much what they do. They have their separate trucks, separate crews, you know, Vertex, whatever, you know, however that, whether that's, whether that's the owner or they've trained other people to do it or, you know, all the above. So, but I couldn't find someone for crew one consistently to even get into crew two. So I'm like, well, why, even though I was constantly looking at trucks, just, just toying with the idea, thinking to myself, Oh, if I find like the perfect truck, you know, I guess I'll just figure out, you know, I'll just, I'll just figure out a way to, to justify, you know, or I'll just justify getting it, even though I probably won't use it that much, you know, but so I would still look, you know, and that's probably not the smartest thing in the world either to do that, um, to just get a truck and then you're not even using it. But I still looked at trucks. I mean, I don't think that was a bad thing. It, it kept me keen to the market and the trends and what's available and what isn't and, you know, how fast things are going and all that kind of stuff. It just, it just kind of kept it relevant um, so that I didn't just kind of forget all about it, kept it top of mind. But I, I just figured there's no point in spending money on another truck, whether it be, a you know, some used, you know, $10,000 used truck or a brand new truck or somewhere in, in the middle there if there's no one else to drive it, right. If it's just going to be sitting in a parking spot, the majority of the time, you know, so, and I wasn't going to get one just to be my daily driver either, you know, so I could just drive home to, you know, drive from home to work with, with, uh, with a truck and park it and then get in the other truck and take that one to work. And then that truck just sits all day. And then when I get back, when we, when we get done from work, I, you know, hop in my truck and go home. Like that seems like a waste of money. You know, like a lot of people, their daily drive, a lot of, peers and mentors that I've um, met over the years, their da- in that situation, their daily driver would just be like some super inexpensive, like cheap, you know, Honda Civic or something, just some, just some, you know, real, in a lot of cases, beat up little car, like something they don't really care about. Something that's just going to get them from, from, from point A to point B, right? They're not working in it. They're not doing anything fancy in it. They're just going home and to work, you know, and maybe they've got a nice family vehicle that they use when they're home to go places with family or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, they can just get to work or get to their shop or storage or whatever with their, their little car. And then they get in their work truck and they go. So this way they don't have to drive their work truck everywhere and put extra miles and, and burn more gas and driving all over town with a, you know, especially depending on, like, say it's a dump truck, you know, you can drive that everywhere. You're going to pick your kids up from school in the, in the old dump truck. Like I'm sure plenty of people do it and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just not the most conducive, you know, <laughs> with gas and all the different things, you know, you might as well just get a little tiny car. But so I didn't want to do that either. I, I don't want to do any of those things. I didn't want to get a truck and, and, and just be a daily driver. I didn't want to get a, a little car or beat up car to be my daily driver. I just wanted to get a second work truck that I could both use as, you know, quote unquote, a daily driver, but also to use for work to, you know, hook up um, or that I could use for work, you know, but that I can also use to get me from point A to point B after work. So that was kind of always my plan, but I also did debate, you know, like that was my plan, like when, if, and when, cause it was looking dismal for a little while, but if, and when I could ever find a crew leader, you know, my, it was like, Hey, you know, like let's, let's, you know, let's get a, a second work truck and all that kind of stuff. So that, that was always that during that time frame was my mentality, but I did at times toy around with the idea like, well, what if I what if instead of getting a work truck, like that's all I've ever had is work trucks, nice work trucks that I also use for personal, right? When you're solo owner operator, that's pretty much all you do. Again, unless you have a dump truck, 
is as your main truck for work, a lot of guys don't want to drive that all over town as a quote unquote daily driver. It's, it's just too expensive to operate that truck for that purpose. You should only be operating that kind of a truck to make money, not to go get groceries and stuff like that. That's that just, in my opinion, a lot of other people's opinion, not, not efficient and, and, and so on. But, um, if you just have a regular pickup truck, F-150 or 250 or whatever, you know, a lot of guys such as myself and girls will just use that for everything, right? Cause you're, you're just like a one man, you're a one person show. So you're just doing it all. Um, and then as you grow, you know, you, you collect more trucks for different things potentially, you know, then maybe you get a dump truck or this or that or whatever. So at any rate, that's all I've ever had is really nice or nice, you know, work trucks that I use for personal. And, and then I, but I started to think to myself, what if I get a nice personal truck that I can use for work? Cause I've never had a nice personal anything. Uh, the, the only thing I, I should say when I was fresh out of high school, um, going into college, I, my first, you know, new vehicle was a Toyota. So I've been obsessed with Toyota ever since it was a Toyota RAV4 and it was a lease. So I worked and I went full time, you know, in retail and was working. Um, I actually took a break from college. So it was a couple years actually after I started college, I went to a community college and then I took a break before a year off before I transferred to a local unit, uh, you know, university to get my bachelor's. And, uh, in that interim, I asked if I can go full time at, I was working at the gap at the time. It was the first retail job, uh, that, that I had, that I ever had. And eventually worked my way up all the way up to management. But at the time, I was just, you know, part-time, you know, college kid that just worked there doing whatever they wanted me to do, you know, fitting rooms or putting out merchandise or rain on the register, like all that random stuff. So, but I, I, I went full-time. They promoted me to like a lead cashier or whatever. And, you know, they were able to give me a full-time position to, for that, uh, status for that. And I just worked all the time, you know, whenever they wanted to give me overtime, I took overtime. I just saved up a whole bunch of money so I could put a nice big down payment down for the, for the old uh, lease and got myself a nice brand new Toyota RAV4 at that time. And I was living the dream as a, you know, young college guy that was feeling a little, a little accomplished because like that, that was a little bit different. I felt good about that because I was younger and I was, I was really coming into my prime at that point. I was young, single, working in retail, working my way up into the management uh, leadership team, felt really good about making all the money that I was making and just every, my whole life revolved around work at that point because I had nothing else to focus on and it kept me from doing things that I probably shouldn't be doing, you know, and some of the friends that I had had from high school that were doing things that I really didn't want to be a part of anymore and stuff like that. So just going all in and management and focusing on that really helped me uh, channel my energy for good in those respects. So I'm saying, saying that because when I got that RAV4, I felt great. I was like, yeah, like I wanted to show that thing off. Plus I was really young, right? So I think that's just a natural thing when you're young too. Of course, you know, like all, whenever I got something cool or good or a new pair of sneakers, you know, on my birthday, you know, once a year, I, you know, thought I was, you know, living the dream, even though I didn't pay for them or earn them necessarily. It was just like a nice gift, you know, to give me. And I was very appreciative. So, you know, I think as I got a little older, I started to get a little more uncomfortable with that kind of stuff. But, you know, I worked hard for that. And if I think about it now, I worked, I worked hard for everything leading up to right now as well. But I just say all that also to say um, Toyota has been 
a favorite brand of mine. I did have, you know, that Toyota RAV4. I did turn it in at the end of the lease to save money for my, my wife and I were, wanted to start our family and save up for a house. So she's like, why don't we just drive my car? We, you know, we just share it. Uh, we actually had just had our daughter uh, shortly after that time or before that time anyway. So she's like, you know, I'm going to be home for, for, you know, the first, whatever, I don't even remember a year or so, you know, um, with, with her. So you can be, you basically just be driving my car to work every day. And if I need to do something, you know, get groceries or something without you or something, you know, you can, I'll, I'll take the car. So we basically, we just shared her car to save cause her car was paid off. We saved a ton of money and not having to pay for a car, you know, payment and, and, and extra insurance and all that kind of stuff to just save as much money as we could. So that, that was a family sacrificial thing. It was really sad to see, to see my Toyota RAV4 go because before I met my wife, I had every intention on buying it out because they give you, you know, a halfway decent deal. Most, uh, at least that's what they say, you know, if you want to buy, buy out your lease versus just handing it back in, then they try to sell it as a used vehicle. Um, but you know, ch- times change, ch- plans change, right? I, I got married. We had had our child, our our daughter. I have two. We have two now, but we had our our daughter, and uh, you know, things things change. So anyway, so fast forward. So all the time leading up to this, it's just been, um, you know, my wife sharing my wife's car, and then she got eventually. You know, when our family started to get bigger, she I think she got like a minivan or something. You know, did that whole soccer mom thing. So I just kept, you know, her car and that was my thing for a while. And then she, she, you know, eventually the minivan was just not cool anymore or whatever the deal was. I think it ended up being too big. So she wanted uh, a mini SUV, kind of like a Toyota RAV4 class thing. So it's still roomy enough for all your kids and, you know, some, 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 you know, throwing strollers and stuff in the back or whatever you need. Um, So she got, it wasn't a Toyota RAV4, it was something else, but so she got, you know, one of those. And then, uh, I didn't get the minivan, but I think we eventually, you know, her car was just like, you know, going to go kaput. So we eventually just traded that in for something else. And then we had another payment and all that, blah, blah, blah. But it, it was never anything big and fancy or exciting or brand new by any means. Um, and we just kind of kept playing that game. And then at, at one point, yeah. So then, and then she had gotten a Jeep compass at one point, it was either that, that point or after, I think that's what she got. She got a Jeep compass from the, um, from the minivan. And then, and then she eventually didn't really like the Jeep compass for some reason. I don't remember what that was. So she got something else. And then I got the Jeep compass and we got rid of her car. That's what it was. That's the timeline there. So I, I kept the Jeep compass for all the way up until I started my business. It, it was a nice vehicle. It's four, four by four wheel drive. I mean, it's not a Jeep, you know, grand Cherokee or something, you know, cooler that I probably would have gotten. It was, it was more of like a mom Jeep compass, but you know, I was happy to have something that was definitely newer than her car and more reliable and has four wheel drive and all that. So that's what I drove. And that's why I started my lawn care business with part-time. I've said this many times. I started out of the back of my Jeep compass with a, uh, Ryobi hand trimmer and blower and a Husqvarna, uh, 21 inch or 22 inch auto pace mower in the back there. And I had like five or six lawns or something. I think I was doing while I was still working in retail management that, that last final year that I didn't realize was going to be my last final year. I was just kind of like double dipping, just trying to figure stuff out, you know, real happenstance, how it all worked out. And I've talked about this in the past in other episodes. So I don't want to go down that, those rabbit holes, but ultimately then I got, 
Um, you know, I, I started, so I traded in the Jeep Compass for my F-150, which was really used. It was like almost 20 years old by the time I had uh, gotten it. And, you know, it, it not, was it? No, it wasn't 20 years old, but it was pretty old and it had like 189,000 miles on it. It was a 1999 and this was what, 2014 was when I started my business. So it was 15 years old. So still, right. It was, it was pretty old, but it, it was a good, it was in good shape. One owner. I felt like I was really fortunate. I was able to trade in my Jeep Compass and get the F-150 and they actually gave me a check for like 600 bucks or something left because the Jeep was worth more than, and that's only, they probably, that probably wouldn't have worked out if I just went straight to the dealer. But because I went to CarMax first and got them to price my Jeep Compass and they gave me a quote and everything. And then I just took that and went to the Ford dealership and gave them that. And they're like, okay. So they, you know, the, they already had the F-150 priced at whatever, 600 bucks apparently less. So they gave me a check for the difference. So, I mean, that's, I feel like that was a great bargain and a great way to start off my, my new business for sure. I was feeling pretty good about that. So that, that I felt, I mean, of course I was a little nervous, but you know, I mean, cause it was a, a, a big change. I never had a pickup truck before or anything like that. So that was definitely um, a new to me, but I was ready to get after it. Um, and, and again, that was my everything vehicle. Hey friends, Mr. Producer here, and I've been listening to Naylor emphasize route density on his podcast for over a year now, and I've encouraged him to take all this material and create a masterclass to put all of his knowledge in one place and share it with you. This is going to be a live three-week course. Nothing's pre-recorded. You'll have access to group live streams and one-on-ones with Naylor. Every session ends with action steps that you can implement right away in your business. Plus, you'll get a copy of the session recordings emailed to you. Hey, if you want to learn how to make $1,000 all the way up to $3,000 a day in lawn maintenance through route density, then you need to click the link in the episode description. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Since then, every truck that I've had has been the same philosophy, which I've only had a couple other trucks since then. One of them I still currently own, which is the Ram 3500. That is the only new vehicle, my first and only new vehicle that I actually bought. The Toyota RAV4 was a lease, so that's technically I didn't buy anything. This, the Toyota Ram, uh, Toyota, the Ram 3500, I actually you know, I financed that, like I'm paying, you know, monthly payments for that truck. I bought that truck. I mean, obviously it's not paid off yet. So technically the bank bought it, but you know what I mean? It's brand, it was brand new 2019 at the end of 2019 that I got it. And, um, you know, I knew that it was going to be my forever truck. It was not something my business would ever outgrow and it will last a long time as, as good as I, as, as much as I take care of it, the longer it'll last and so on. So that, that was kind of my rationale with that, but I was super kind of nervous about, I mean, I, I knew like I was, I was, uh, I was committed to it. I was, uh, focused. I knew it was the right move, but still, you know, when you start signing papers and it becomes a reality, you're like, man, what I get myself into, you know, but it, it was fine. It just, you know, you have that buyer's remorse sometimes. A lot of people have, that's a common thing. And, and probably again, just giving you some of my backstory and how, how I am personally and, and my history, I was probably just had a little more buyer's remorse than some of the average folks. But, and of course my wife was all nervous and everything, even though, you know, it's fine. It's not like I couldn't afford it, but it's just like, oh my gosh, it's new. It's, you know, it's something new. It's a big tra- transition. It's a big change. It's a big commitment. It's all that. And I'm like, yeah, but guess what? It's going to be big changes, big checks for my business too. You know, look at all the things I can do now with this and blah, blah, blah. And 
you know, I've done all kinds of stuff with that truck, you know, ramp rack and everything. You can, you know, look that stuff up on my YouTube channel at Lawn Care Rookie or on this podcast um, to see all the different things, you know, the truck mate, ramp rack. There's discount codes for that if you guys are interested in actually purchasing any of those things for you guys to save some money. But I, I've been able to do all those things with this big heavy-duty truck because it's got such a, such a, a large payload of over 7,000 pounds I can put in the truck bed. Technically, that includes the weight of the human beings in your in the in the, the cab of your truck too. But um, you know that's only several hundred pounds, you know, compared to 7,000 and change. That you can put in the back, like four yards of mulch, you know, or some dirt or, you know, gravel or a whole bunch of debris, leaves, sticks, whatever. I could build up a leaf box if I wanted to, you know, on the back and, and, and all that. I just haven't gotten to that point yet, but I don't really have the properties that need that necessarily. So there's just been, um, so, so that's kind of like the evolution. So all of that leads up to me finally making the decision I just didn't want to drag my feet anymore. I didn't want to procrastinate anymore. It's never going to get like a per, there's never going to be the perfect time, right? As a lot of people, we get caught up with that. There's never going to be the perfect time. We're never going to be rich and famous and have all the money in the world. We're going to have to budget. We're going to have to, you know, reevaluate things. We're going to have to plan and prepare to make these decisions, right? And like I recently said on my Instagram post, um, it takes money to make money. You know, you just got to be smart about it, right? Don't, don't go into, don't go into too much debt. You know, you need some debt. Uh, if you have no debt, then it's slow growth. And, uh, and if you have too much debt, then you can kill your growth. You know, you can destroy your business. So you want to, you want to do have the best strategy and the best approach for you and your business and go from there. But so I knew that my team member was wanting to be a crew leader and I was training him basically all the time to be a crew leader. He was just a sponge absorbing everything. It was, it was like I was making, it was like I was you know, YouTubing live or something like every day in the truck with him, because like everything that I was telling him and all the questions he was asking me is like all the same stuff that I go through on social media, all the videos and podcasts that I record with content talking about this stuff. I would be talking just to him in the truck every day as we're driving from job to job or on lunch break or whatever. And he'd be asking me questions that you guys ask me, you know, on Instagram or comments on YouTube or when we see each other at events and stuff, <clears throat> it was the same thing. So it was really, it's really been enjoyable because, and probably another reason why I haven't been banging out as much content as I've been wanting to as well is because I've just been <laughs> pouring all my content live out to him. Um, but on a lot of it is all stuff that I've already made content about. Sometimes I've, I would just actually, um, you know, send him a video or something or some content that I made about something so that it could reiterate or show him what something I was talking about better than me just explaining it, things like that. So that really comes in handy also. Um, and, and side note, in hindsight of, you know, YouTube, it's a good, a good uh, library of information for yourself and your business later on down the road. If, if that's the type of, you know, channel that you have, and that's the kind of content that you have, if it's, you know, a lot of educational stuff and, you know, demoing things and, and, um, you know, not, not just equipment reviews or something like, or, or, you know, mowing tall grass, something where you're like maybe going over certain things like, Hey, this is how I prune this crepe myrtle, you know, like, Oh, you know, you can share that with your team and they can learn how to prune a crepe myrtle too. Or someone that wants to start their own business. You know, a lot of the stuff that I put out, my content is to all of you business owners, right? So pretty much anything that I have is going to be helpful for, you know, anyone that wants to run a business, including, you know, my, my, my employee. So, wants to eventually start his business. So I knew that I was going to make him a crew leader soon, you know, so I figured why wait until soon, you know, why wait till then? Why wait till the end of soon? Why not, 
make the decision at the beginning of soon, which will just, I'll get all of the benefits early, right? Instead of constantly using the mess out of the one Ram 3500 truck for everything, personal and professional and all this stuff, like there, you know, I, I might as well just finally get this other truck. Um, especially being the end of the year, because it'll be a huge tax break. Um, it will reduce my taxable income where I won't have to pay nearly as much or at all taxes because it's a big purchase. It's not like I just got a mower, which is, you know, what that would be, that's a pretty decent sized purchase too. And a, a good tax break, but you know, a work truck or a truck, depending on how, how new it is or whatever, how expensive it is, you know, that's up to three times the amount of a mower, you know, uh, in, in today's day and age. So that's an even bigger, you know, three times the, be- the tax break. So that was another thing that I factored into as well. Like it's better to get it now in December, you know, the end of the year, than wait till January, February, or March, you know, when we're going to like use, when we're going to be hitting the ground running and, and, and he's going to be out, you know, with one truck and I'll be out with the other truck. Like, you know, why, why, why miss out on the tax break and why miss out on the transition, you know, more time for us to transition. Like, like today, as I'm recording this, he's out by himself doing some property checks, right? I've got, you know, a lot of HOA, I've got a couple HOAs with a lot of properties in each HOA homeowner association. And it's real easy for one. I mean, I did it solo for many years, so it's real easy to just go through and do property checks, property walkthroughs. Um, and just, you know, especially after we just had a storm yesterday, check for any sticks, branches down, stuff like that, blow off any debris and things that it collected anywhere in the mulch beds or the grass and just make sure all the properties stay clean. Um, that's an easy one person job for just, you know, one particular neighborhood. Um, he can just, you know, go through 19 to 20 properties in a day all by himself. And then I can focus on some other things and it gives him a transition before he has to, you know, have employ, uh, you know, have, have a, a team with him, you know, a crew and all that. He can focus on getting familiar with the service autopilot app and how that functions and, you know, how, uh, you know, driving the truck and going to all the properties on his own and just, just the whole, the whole experience and getting the whole like muscle memory and getting into that routine. We can kind of ease into it now because I, I have a second truck already. So it's not like I'm confined to one spot or whatever. In the past, I've rented U-Haul pickup trucks because that's the most affordable way in my area that I found to get a second truck temporarily. But just like, as you know, renting anything, if you rent aerators in the fall for aeration and seating or whatever, it becomes a mess trying to coordinate that, you know, trying to fight for everybody else that's renting these things and plan your schedule accordingly. And it's the same thing with, with, you know, getting a pickup truck. It's like a lot of times it wouldn't be available when I wanted it or needed it, or I'd have to go drive really far out of my way, like 25, 30 minutes, like in another part of town somewhere deep to a different U-Haul that had a truck or something. And that's just a whole lot of unnecessary wasted time and gas and blah, blah, blah. So like, you know, it, it served its purpose you know, like if your truck is in the shop, then that's a good you know thing to do. So you can keep working. Um, and if you need a second truck to kind of start that transition, right. If you need to, if, if you actually have a crew that can be self-sustained and or a crew leader, you know, then you can, and you just, there's a lot of different scenarios why you, why you can use multiple trucks, even if you don't have a, multiple crew leaders, you know, if you're just doing, you know, you just have one truck doing one thing like on the site job site with the guys, you get them set up and they're working on stuff and you can go with the other truck and go pick up more supplies or go do this or that, or bring something back over or whatever. And you know, there's a lot of reasons why you need multiple trucks, depending on the types of services you're offering and how many of them you're offering, even without multiple crew leaders, you know, just driving out mowing lawns or something. So, um, that's definitely 
uh, a more affordable way to do that is is the whole U-Haul pickup truck. But again, it takes a lot of logistical coordinating, and it, it can definitely be tricky and and annoying. So it's better to just own you know another truck. Um, so now that you know, so now that I uh, have another truck, I can do all these things and I can, you know, ease this transition, send him on his own, get used to everything. Like I said, while I'm doing this and some other stuff that I was doing before recording this, you know, like, you know, for the lawn care business and then other social media things and stuff like that. So, um, so the, the, I'm getting distracted. Sorry. My thoughts are all over the place. I got to get refocus here. So the truck that I ended up getting, I ended up getting a personal, a nice personal truck that I can still use for work. So for many years now, if you guys have been following along, if not, I have wanted a Toyota Tundra. That has been my dream truck. And I, I, I could have gotten a Toyota Tundra instead of the Ram 3500, but I, I, I test drove the Toyota Tundra back then in 2019 with a couple other brands, including, you know, Ram, just to find what I would think would be the best truck for me for work. And obviously, you know, at the time for personal as well. And I just opted to go with a heavy duty truck because I figured that would be the best for my business versus, you know, at that point and, 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 and forward for my business to be able to grow at the point that it was at and to be able to grow to where I want it and need it to be a heavy duty truck was necessary versus just getting a nice Toyota Tundra, so I just had to get out of that mentality and just say, you know what, I'll just put that on the back burner and keep focusing on the business, get get a heavy-duty truck. I ended up getting a 3500 versus 2500 because there was a lot of good deals and bargains for the brand new ones that they were trying to get rid of, right? It was the end of 2019, so all the 2019s, as you probably know, if not, you know, they put them all on sale to clear the lot a little bit to make room for the 2020s. So there was all these rebates and holiday specials and all that stuff versus the twenty. 500s, you know, the, the, uh, the, the slightly used 2500s that they, that they had that I was looking at. So I'm like, Oh, I don't need to get a new one. I'll just get like a new to me a good shape truck, but they were almost the same amount as a brand new 2019 3500, you know? So, so it was just kind of crazy how that all works out sometimes. And, you know, you get more with a 3500. I mean, in some cases, you know, that's the same engine. You can get the same engine for the 2500 as a 3500, but you know, there's more increased payload suspension and all that kind of, because of the suspension, you, the beef flip suspension, you get increased payload with the 3,500 versus the 2,500. Of course you can tow a little bit more and, you know, transmission, some things like that have some different parts that make it a little bit bigger and badder than, than the 2,500, but ultimately it looks almost identical as the same truck, just, you know, some different uh, beefed up components for you to be able to haul and pull a little bit more, haul a lot more is set over 7,000 pounds payload for 3,500 versus 4,000 and change pounds for the 2,500. So to me, that's a big difference. So that, that means I can easily put four yards of mulch, which we've done for years in the back for all my smaller jobs. And, um, you know, we, in the bigger jobs, we have just piles just delivered and dumped like 10 yards or more and stuff like that of mulch in the, in the driveway or in front of the, in the street, in front of the house and whatnot. So I just opted to go that route and it's worked out well for me, but always in the back burner, I've still wanted a Toyota Tundra so I finally decided to bite the bullet and just go for it. So I got a, a new to me Toyota Tundra. I didn't get a brand new Toyota Tundra because the biggest reason is because I don't like the new Toyota Tundras. So the new 2020 or 2021 or, or no, the new 2021 or 2022s or 2023s or whatever, wherever we're at now, we're, we're in 2023 right now. I think in 2022 is when they started changing 
um, the whole design of what the Toyota Tundras look like. And I'm just not a fan of how the new ones look. And they changed up the engine a little bit. And there's been some, you know, um, mixed reviews on the new engines and all that. I'm like, man, I just want to stick with the, you know, the OG Toyota Tundra. I mean, they've evolved a little bit over time, but they still have the same general look to them and the same reliable iForce, you know, whatever other technical stuff engine that they've had, 5.7 engine for however many, you know, for like over a decade, I'm sure. Um, every time I see a Toyota Tundra, they all look very similar. Of course, different colors, a little bit, you know, different shapes, you know, like crew cab or not, you know, long bed or not, whatever. You know, there's obviously little differences to that. Um, but they all basically have the same general look and shape and engine and transmission and all that stuff. And they're all huge resale value, last a lifetime, really good trucks. They're also really expensive trucks if you're going to get like a nice truck versus like an F-150 or super affordable, but you know, they're probably not nearly as good a quality as, as, as they, they say, um, or as you would want for that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's each their own, right? Whatever it is that, that you want. So the bottom line is I ended up getting a Toyota Tundra and that's, you know, I finally got my dream truck as well as it's a good personal truck that I can still hook up to the trailer for work, to spray yards, furt yards, whatever I need to do, um, as well as get from point A to point B and be my daily driver and all that and so on. So that's the that's the huge thing that I've done for 2023. There are also a couple other things that I wanted to mention. Toro's brand new battery-powered Revolution Series products are changing the lawn care industry. With all-day runtime from the innovative Hypercell battery system, you can expect to power through your entire day, every day. Head to revolution.toro.com to see how Toro is transforming the game with the latest equipment innovations. Or click the link tree in the episode description to get you there fast. The other major notable uh, change or plan that I'm implementing or that I have implemented for 2023 is uh, every year I, I, I pretty much draw a line in the sand with something, you know, things I've learned over the years. I mean, since probably year two is the first time I really um, started to hone things in with route density was like one of the first things that I drew the line in the sand and stopped driving all over town and, and really trying to focus on making dense routes and just trying to stay in certain areas to get as much work as I could in those areas to be more profitable, so on and so forth, and get more done, have more time to get more things done in the day and so on. So every year, it seems like there's been other things that, you know, whether it's, you know, card on file, credit card on file, you know, um, not being uh, uh, a specific service for hire, like aerations for hire or mulch for hire, or trimming up your overgrown shrubs for hire, like things like that. And meaning like you have to sign up for, you know, a year's worth of services, uh, things like that, that like you have to become a regular client and so on. No one-time job type scenarios. And of course I'll clean all that stuff up. If you're a new client, it needs to be cleaned up. Um, and then we'll con- continue maintaining throughout the year. Like just, those are, you know, several examples of over the years where I've drawn, a line in the sand with things. And, and, and of course, every year I always, uh, there's always at least one Karen or Randy, right. To, to, to get rid of, because they're just not, they're just not a good fit, right. That I just don't want to deal with being micromanaged, being bossed around and just all that kind of stress and negativity. I, I just don't need that kind of stuff in my life, I, especially, you know, again, going back to after being in retail for 15 years and, you know, 
there's definitely ups with the downs, but there was a heck of a lot more downs than ups, and definitely it's traumatized me, and I've been rebuilding myself uh, over the last um, you know, eight years or so that going on nine that, that I've been in lawn care. So all those things being said, this year's line in the sand is trying to increase cash flow and, and not having people tell me and dictate when, when I can do whatever I want to do. Like, Hey, I think we're good, you know, for like, like, you know, November comes, Hey, I think we're good for the rest of the season for cutting grass or, April comes along, beginning April. Hey, I, I think we're good to wait another couple of weeks. The grass hasn't really started growing too much yet. Just random things like that, right? Things that we probably are all familiar with and it, it gets really annoying. And it's usually just me making ex- exceptions occasionally for those kind of people, depending on what kind of people they are. And, and, and if it's legit, like sometimes there are yards uh, that they say, you know, to, they say to start them late or end them early. And it's legit. Like the grass just isn't in the best of health. Like maybe they didn't sign up for fertilization weed control and they just try to do it themselves or they, or they just don't do it at all. Or they've just got more, unfortunately, more of a weedy grassy mix of a lawn. And I don't have a whole lot of those and they're kind of frustrating, but if they're in the same neighborhood, it's just going to add to my route density. And if it grows, it can be cut and we can stripe just about anything with these uh, Toro mowers and, and uh, it's just, they're not always going to grow as fast and as long, right? They're not going to start off as early growing and they're not going to start off or they're not going to last as long mowing where the heavily fertilized lawns, which are the majority of my lawns in these HOAs uh, that I'm in, the majority of them are growing as soon as it starts to warm up. Like we had uh, a warm, a warm spell or whatever you want to call it, a warm up where it was close to this, close to 70 for several days in a row it was in the mid to upper sixties for many days here after it was like, you know, negative one degree real feel while I was out of town down in Florida and it was cold down there too. It was a whole cold front, cold front came in leading up to Christmas and then kind of tailing off after Christmas. And then we had a warm up the last week and a half or so. And now it's going to kind of go back down to normal temps down into the lower to mid fifties. And then obviously going lower than that in the um, overnight getting close to freezing temps. So that's kind of more normal around here. But when, when it warms up like that, like there's some of these yards where, you know, we, we go to do different things still. And we see there's part either, either the front yard or the backyard or the entire yard has already started to grow a little bit and, and even dare I say green up a little bit just because they're so heavily fertilized. The, the, the soil is so well conditioned over years and years and years of aerating and seeding and all the fur and the lime and everything else that it's just really healthy. So it's going to grow a lot earlier and, and, and a lot later than some of these other lawns that aren't as well maintained. So if it's legit and the grasses need to be cut, then that's one thing. But sometimes there's just certain exceptions that I just try to make for people here and there. But it just gets really annoying because it's hard to to have set schedules and just be organized and have it all. Like, I just need everything to be as routine as possible. I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate out there. And, you know, wh- whether you are like my personality that really thrives on routines and not having to make stuff up every day or have a new schedule every day and wonder where the work's going to come every day and all this stuff, like I'm not a salesperson. I can't be that kind of person that's going out there selling jobs or trying to sell jobs constantly for landscaping, hardscaping and this and the other thing. Like, of course, I'm out there 
promoting my business, my lawn maintenance business and selling jobs when I can and, and obviously following up on all the influx of people coming, uh, uh, calling and emailing, just contacting me and everything like that. But and then I'm putting them on the schedule, you know, the weekly schedule, the routine schedule so that I can I know what to expect. My team knows what to expect. I know the type of setup that I need all day, every day. Of course, throughout the season changes, that's going to vary, you know, a little bit. OK, so it's mulch season. So we're doing mulch, different setup for that. You know, the schedule is not going to be as consistent and as dense as mowing lawns, for example. But it's it's still it's one time a certain time of the year, February through March, that we are only doing mulch. I don't just randomly do mulch in the middle of the summer because somebody wants me to. That's just not so. Th- those are those are things, other lines in the sand that I've drawn over the years as well. But again, there's still uh, certain exceptions sometimes that when people are just like, "Oh, can we this or that?" and and but again, it it, it gets really frustrating. So no more. To exceptions, like little to no exceptions, or dare I say, no more exceptions when it comes to scheduling. Anyway, unless it's like, hey, I'm I'm having work done in my house and they're all over the place. There's really no way that you can get on the lawn properly or whatever. Can can you just come tomorrow or something? You know what I mean? Like that the, the, a day or two later. It's not like they're saying, um, you know, like let's just skip a week or let's just wait a couple of weeks or or, or we're done for the season. Like those things, I'm done with that. Like people I think do it to try and save money. But now what I've done is just, and I think I, uh, I talked about this a little bit in previous episodes, but what I've done is I've implemented the contract, the yearly contract mindset and mentality billing cycle without it being an actual contract. Like you know, nobody's signing anything with all these different terms and all that. And it, uh, it, it's, it's very loosely based difference between a contract, not a contract. Like I always call them agreements, um, service autopilot that I've been using for years now changed it from contracts to installment plan. So, uh, you know, I kind of like that wording and, and, and the, the kind of the mindset of that for some reason, there's just more of a negative connotation and, and feeling when it comes to contract, the word contracts for just, I guess it just makes you feel like you're going to be bound to something that you might not potentially like or, or want or change your mind in, in time. And it's like, Oh man, we're stuck with what whatever this is for a year now like and 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 from my perspective like yeah what what if i'm stuck with someone for a year and i i price it incorrectly or they're just a real pain and their their yard is more of a headache than i thought it would be or i didn't think it would be a headache at all or whatever and now i feel like i'm stuck with them of course you can put all these different terms in there where it's like oh yeah you can cancel any time with 30 days written notice or you know what whatever or, or you can only cancel if you move out of town with proof of new residence or you know you can do all kinds of different levels of that for extreme to you know real lackadaisical but um or nothing but i just i just take the word contract out of it and just call it an agreement and like i said service autopilot calls it installment plans now in their system but the main goal is to have 12 month billing so just like a contract you add up the, all the different services that they've signed up for you know if it's just mowing then that you just add up, you know, uh, all the mowing, like the average here is 35 weeks of mowing. Sometimes we get 40 cuts in a year on some of these lawns that are super tall and thick, like I said, and heavily fertilized and nice weather year and they just grow all the time. But typically there's, um, you know, a, a couple of weeks here and there in the, the hottest part of the summer where the grass slows down and doesn't, doesn't grow at all or barely grows enough for you to want to get a mower on there and potentially damage uh, the grass. 
So you might skip a week or, or two here and there over the course of the summer, you know, not a lot of rain and so on, uh, as well as there could be, you know, a colder, longer winter and a later spring start. So you're, you're maybe missing out on a cut or two there. And same thing on the back end. And, you know, then in November, maybe you're stopping. It, it, it gets cold quicker and the grass, uh, you know, or earlier and the grass just kind of shuts down and goes dormant sooner than normal. Maybe you just don't get the, your last cut or two in the end of November. So the average is 35 weeks. Some yards are going to be a little more, some are going to be a little less, and that's fine. You take care of that at the end of the year if that happens. But to start off the year with your 12-month billing agreement, you just add up, you know, however, whatever is this, 60 bucks a cut or whatever, times 35 weeks, that's the total, however many thousands of dollars that is. I'm not good at that quick math. And uh, you just, what is that, $1,800 or something? whatever, something like that, right? Close to 2000 bucks and you would divide that by 12 and then that's your monthly payment that you're billing them every month. So there's pros to all of that, in my opinion. Of course, there's going to be some cons and you know we don't need to hash all those unnecessary things out. My pros are that I have cash flow for my business 12 months out of the year. Instead of every year leading up to this, I would just bill for the work that was done every month. So I just made sure that I just did as much work as I could every month. And January and February, January specifically, was was very difficult for that. You know, we we mow and clean leaves and tr- uh, trim shrubs and everything all the way through December, make sure all the properties look nice all the way till the end of the year. And then January starts and it's like, well, everything's cleaned up and bushes are trimmed. What else is there to do? There's really no leaves unless we get some storms blown through, which we just recently had a couple of crazy rain and wind storms and really made a huge mess on some of these properties. So we just went back out and did some cleanups and things like that. Um, but there's really not a whole lot unless you have side projects and things that you put off that you're like, yeah, we'll take care of that in January. And sometimes there are those little odd jobs and things like that that you, that you can do for, for those folks. But it's not like you're having a regular schedule full of work in January here in Central Virginia. Unless we get some snow, there's really not a whole lot to do, and you cannot depend or predict that at all here in Central Virginia, the Richmond Midlothian area. It's it's just tough. So that's the slowest month of the year for everyone that works outside is January. Um, so it was very difficult. That's literally the lowest revenue month for everyone, like I said, and I just didn't want to have to keep scrambling and struggling to deal with that. And just, you know, having like eight to nine months out of the year being nice, you know, healthy revenue months that I'm billing a a good amount of work and getting paid and all that. Uh, I can't really run my, it's, it reminds me of like Toys R Us when I worked for Toys R Us back in the day, they literally did like, I don't remember what the number was, but it was something ridiculous, like 75 to 80% of their business in like three months, right? The holiday season, November, December or yeah, November, December. And and I don't even know if it was January. It's probably only two months. I think November, December, that was it. Honestly, now that I think about it, that makes sense, right? Two months out of the year, November and December were the busiest months of the whole year. And every other month before and after that were extremely slow. We had to expand our staff dramatically. I think we would always go like three times our amount of staff, Getting leading up to November, you know, we have to start like in October, interviewing, hiring, training, getting everybody geared up for November, huge payroll increase and all that, and then let everybody go in January or most of the people go, keep some people that we always would need to replace other, you know, holes that we had throughout the years, but, uh, or maybe people just did really well and they got promoted or whatever. But for the most part, we'd let most of the people go in January and it'd just be dead as a doornail 
for like the entire rest of the year. You know, you'd have people coming in for par- birthday parties and special occasions. And whenever a really big movie came out, like when Transformers came out, the first one and then the second one, third one, and all that, there there would be like a huge influx in merchandise, toys and clothing and backpacks and all types of accessories that, you know, keychains, whatever, you know, that everybody wanted. Um, and, and we would have all of that stuff. We'd have a huge selection in the front of the store that we'd swap out when all the new shipment would come in, get ready for the movie to come out. And that would be an increase in, in, um, you know, people shopping and buying, but it wasn't huge. It wasn't really anything to keep the store afloat. So it's really tough to, to run a business that way when, when it's that seasonal. And of course, lawn maintenance isn't that extreme, especially depending on where you are in the country, but eight or nine months out of the year, you know, to do most of your revenue, it kind of stinks. I wish it was closer to 11 to 12 months out of the year. So the whole point was for me to get that cash flow. I've always, I haven't done it sooner because I just, I always thought about it being a contract and not wanting to upset people with the whole contract mentality and the contract word. And I had plenty of people over the early years that came to me from other companies, other lawn care companies that had contracts and they the people just didn't like that. They didn't like being billed in January or February or both for work not being done, like just being billed, whatever, 200 bucks and nothing got done. Nobody was on their property or whatever. And they're like, what, what are we doing? But it's really just a mindset shift. And I just had, you know, you just have to explain things to people properly, use different words if that's going to make them ha- feel more at ease, like agreement versus contract or whatever. Like it's just, you know, you have to understand and help people understand that it's just like anything else. If you were to finance anything, you know, you, you're just, you're paying it off every month and you know, you you maybe have already gone on that trip and you're paying your credit card back or you already bought whatever the thing was and used the thing or, or, you you know, you're the novelty of how cool the thing is, is, is over and you barely use it anymore or whatever, but you're still paying your credit card back or still paying a loan off or whatever. Like, it's, it's just that kind of mentality. You don't have to necessarily always be getting something for those payments. A lot of times it's an, you know, an upfront purchase or on the back end, you know, you're, ma- you're, you're making these payments and, and you get whatever it is in the back end. So it's just a lot of mind shifts and, and mentality, um, you know, just, just getting the right, the right mentality and the right message out there. So I just wanted to have consistent, more consistent cash flow. So if all of my current clients are just divided out by 12 months. Yes, there will be lower revenue for me per month. You know, like say if you're making, you know, 20,000 a month in the peak months uh, in the middle of the summer when you're doing just mown like crazy and then especially you go into aeration. And I mean, for me and probably anyone else that does my services, like August, September and October are, are like, September and October are the busiest months for me revenue wise, because I'm doing everything. We're still cutting grass. We're now fertilizing in some cases, putting down lime and we're aerating and seeding. So that that's a lot. That's like, you know, three out of our five services. The only thing we're not doing in October, uh, September and October is trimming shrubs. We wait till, you know, November and December to do that, uh, to rent, to finish off the year after all the growth is done. So four out of the five of our major services that we offer, um, other than seasonal stuff like mulch and whatever, um, is all being done in, in the in the fall and September and October. So those are the highest revenue months. So say like that's like $20,000 those months. Well, if you divide everything out, 
then maybe it goes down to 15,000 a month or whatever, right? Because now it's, it's, you're just dividing it out instead of it being chunked up in those months that you're billing for the work you did on those months. So of course it's nice to, to have higher revenue months, but I would much rather have more consistent flow, cash flow. Do you want to save time and energy while increasing profits? Make your truck do the work with TruckMate. TruckMate attaches to any standard pickup truck hitch with no modifications. Remove the tailgate and turn your truck into a material dispensing monster. With the push of a button, you can pull material like mulch, stone, and topsoil from the truck bed and convey it in either direction directly into a wheelbarrow in seconds. Now you can have one man take one truck to knock out some of the small jobs in no time. The conveyor can also be removed move from the tarp roller, allowing you to unload any material right onto the ground. This could be handy for dumping debris or firewood deliveries. TruckMate can pull more weight than even your truck can hold. Plus, you can still attach a plate-mounted hitch to pull a trailer if needed. Think of all the year-round uses for this truck attachment to make your business more productive and save your back in the process. This is perfect for small residential lawn and landscape businesses. Head over to mulchmateusa.com and save $400 on TruckMate with the promo code LCR. And of course, the link will be in the show notes. LCR not only uses the TruckMate, but he gives it his highest endorsement. So instead of having these high highs in September, October and super low lows in January and February, I'd rather just be consistent median amount that we can learn how to budget and get through, um, you know, this, the, the whole year with it. It's like, the, it's the same amount of money. Just like I say to the, to all of my clients, when I did this, it's, you're spending the same amount of money total for the year, just instead of in eight or nine months, you're spending it, you're spending it 12 months. So it's, it's really in a way I'm helping, I don't, I didn't say this, but in a way it's helping them budget their money because it's just spread out now over 12 months and they're actually paying less, right? If they were paying four or $500 in some of the busier months, now they're paying, you know, they're only paying uh 200 or whatever per month, you know, like it's just, uh, it's just, it's just all in how you package it and how you explain it to everybody. But for me, it's all about being more consistent with the cash flow. It's predictable. I know what I can count on, the expenses that I have, what I may need to invest in, obviously payroll and trying to find and keep good uh, team members and make sure that I can pay them th- even through the slower months. If I've got the cash flow coming in, then it's not as big of a stressful uh, scenario. So those are all the benefits for me <clears throat> and how I, how I explain it also explain to the clients because I've gotten some pushback from some people because I've already implemented this is January. So I told everyone in January, well, I will start billing you monthly and, and everyone has their own specific amount, right? Whether they just have mowing or they have mowing and fertilization, we control whatever, all, all of our services, shrubs, blah, 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 you know, like whatever it is, it's all divided out and it's a different amount for everybody. Of course, it's all kind of around similar amounts, 200, 300, whatever. Um, but <clears throat> you know, I, I also, I've, so, so I've, I've had some pushback for a couple of people. And one person said, you know, in the email, I, I, I don't like 12 month billing. I don't like paying for writing a check for, for, uh, services that weren't done. And, you know, in, in, in months in the, the months where they're not done or whatever. And this only helps you, not me, the customer and stuff like that. And I don't mess around with these people. Like, cause you know, when they say stuff like that to me, they're already trying to, you know, get out of the situation. They're already just trying to like, you know, they're already checking out or, or they've already told me that they've checked out, you know, that they're going to, they're going a different direction. Or in, in, in one case, someone asked me if I would make an exception, you know, and they, 
tell me their spiel. And it's like, well, they're already, if I don't make an exception, they're pretty much gone. So why am I going to waste my time? I've, I've made way, I've made too many, I've made enough, more than enough ex- exceptions over the years, not just for that person, but just in general, my business, I'm just tired of making so many exceptions. So I'm not making it. I told, I just flat out told them I'm not, this is not one of the exceptions that I'm going to be making. I've made plenty over the years for, for many people. And this is not one that I'm willing to make that I'm going to make. Um, and, you know, and I just explained to them that, um, it helps me, it, or I said, it helps you, the customer, by allowing me, the business owner, to keep a consistent, uh, well-trained staff through the slow months so that in the spring, when it gets busier, we will we can be there consistently every week to get your lawn cut. So that's that's how it's helping you. You know, we're helping each other. You're helping me help you. Like, you hired me to cut your grass. And if you want your grass cut well and consistently every week, this is just one of the ways that I am trying to achieve those results by having consistent cash flow and being able to keep people all year long and so on and so forth. So some people get it. Some people don't like, you know, like, like after I explain that to them and you know, they're just like, whatever. And, and I don't really care because if they're going to be like that, then they clearly weren't the right person for me because let's be honest, there's so many people that have already had like contracts are a thing in our industry and and in a lot of places so it's not like it's something that I just created or invented. It's not something new, you know, it's, it's just new to me and it's new to my clients because for so many years, especially if I've had people for the whole time, you know, eight, eight years going on nine years, they, you know, they're, they, they're, they should be used to all the changes that I make over the years as I grow and evolve. And, and most of the time they're fine with that. I would imagine, you know, unless they're gone already, but if they've stuck with me all this time, they've accepted all those changes as part of my growth and, you know, they support me and all that stuff. So this is just one more thing. And, you know, contracts have been around this entire time. So it's, it's just, it's just been, like I said, it's new to them. Some of these people already know about contracts or that, that 12 month billing process, because that's what they were doing before they uh, went, went to me or, you know, they've just heard about it. Like plenty of people, when they contact me for a quote, they ask, Hey, you know, do you like, sometimes people just ask me, do you do one-time cuts while we're on vacation or our mowers broke? Are you able to just cut for a few weeks until we get it fixed? Or do we have to sign a con sign up for a contract or something? Or do we need to, you know, have a yearly be a regular client? Like that's just like a mentality of a lot of people. So it's not like I just made that up, you know? So it just, it, it just bothers me in the sense that these people make it seem like you know, I'm just doing something out of the norm. Like it's just new to me. It's not a new concept. So don't act like, you know, you don't like 12 month billing. It only helps you, not me, the customer like, okay, well, you know, it's, that's, this is a thing. There's plenty of, of other companies that have been doing this forever. So, and, and, you know, like, so you're not the only customer in the world. You're not the only one dealing with this. Like I respect your opinion, but you know, just good luck finding you know, chuck in the truck or whatever, and he'll just do whatever you need him to do. And you can leave the check in the grill or whatever. Like there's always going to be somebody like that out there. Unfortunately, I'm sure they've never heard a single podcast or watched a single YouTube video to know that that's not the way to go about it. For some reason, they just didn't discover that on their own. Maybe they're just part-time. They don't really care. It's just a side hustle, but you know, it's ultimately affecting the market and they could be definitely more profitable, more efficient, have more time and do other things, make more money or just do other things in their life if they were more efficient like that and not, you know, do all these things that, um, that people just hope that they'll do. 
um, to make it better for them, the customer, right? But there's got to be a back and forth. It can't just be all about the customer. The customer's always right and do whatever is best for the customer. Who cares if it screws over your business? I mean, like what in the world? Like if you bend over backwards and make so many exceptions that you go out of business, that ain't helping the customer either. Like, you know, like, so I don't even care about those people is the, the moral to that story, that short story long is that I don't even, if they're going to act like that, I didn't want them anyway. This is not some new concept. You know, I want people to be on, on my side. You know, I had plenty of people respond in various ways, but all positive, like saying, oh, this is so wonderful that you're going to monthly. And I'm like, what in the world? That's beautiful response. And someone else like, you know, it's about time, happy for you. You know, um, someone else is like, sounds good to me. Or another person said, makes sense. Great. Thanks. You know, like there's so many people that could have went all these different directions and, and they're like, no, it's good. Like I've even had people that have had for all this time, eight years, and they they came to me from companies that had contracts and whatnot, and they were still like, sounds good, sign us up, you know, like they just, they we just have such an established relationship that they know that there's going to be that same value. It's not like anything's going to change. It's just, like I said in my communication to them, it's going, it's for the health of my business so that I can have stronger a stronger team, a consistent team, which is going to be able to provide better, more consistent services for you. So you're going to get more value, more consistent value from me. And I'm going to have less stress and be able to have a stronger business that I can continue to manage and run and, and, and grow and all that. Like it's just a win-win for everybody. And, and the people that don't get that just need to get out. And I don't really care, honestly. So that did happen to a few people. And I'm like, all right, well, best of luck to you. And and that was it. You know, like, I'm not going to labor over it. It just is what it is that they, they, they were, those people were just waiting for an excuse, right. To, to just move on to something else. And I, I try to avoid those people as much as possible, but a lot of times they don't shine their true colors until something like this happens. So you go a whole season and you never even really interact with them and you just cut their grass or do whatever, you know, other services you may be doing for them and everything's fine. They never say it's good. They never say it's bad. No news is good news, right? You're just, you're just charging their card every month and it's just one more, you know, one more billable, uh, one more invoice to add to your re monthly revenue and just like whatever. So and it just takes one random thing like this for them to get their panties all in a bunch. And then that's it. And their true colors come out. And you're like, all right, that's cool. See you later. You know, nice knowing you. Thanks for the previous business, but it's time to part ways. If they didn't already establish that, you know, give the old going in another direction, um, you know, sent line that they always have. So... <clears throat> So that's, that, that's kind of a big thing for me. Every year there is something like whether, like I said, added credit cards or whatever. So this is, the, this is my line in the sand this year. This way I can schedule all the services when I want to, because it's not about them saving money anymore. They're paying me monthly, no matter what I do, you know, they're paying the same amount monthly, no matter what I do. So it's not like they can save money somewhere. It's not like I'm charging them more somewhere, trying to get more out of them or something like, no, like, Hey, look, these are the services that you signed up for. These are the times of the year that we do them just like always. And this is your monthly payment for your yearly services. There might be some months that we do more or less of different things, but you're still paying us the same. So it is what it is. And it makes it so much easier for me to schedule and feel more comfortable and cash flow and everything else and not have to worry about some of those things. So, and with that being said, you know, like the slower months now, like in January, 
uh, February, will, weather permitting, we always gear up for mulch and we, we start cleaning out beds, redefining the bed edges and get ready to start putting down fresh mulch, you know, middle to end of February and wrap it up in the beginning of March so that we can get ready for mowing season. We got to swap the whole setup back out, you know, take the, you know, hook the, put the ramp rack back on and make sure all the mowers are ready to go and, you know, all that stuff. And, and then hit the ground running. Usually like the last week of March is, you know, usually when we start mowing as nice as it is to start, you know, April 1st or the first week of April. So we can just start a clean month. It's like, you know, I don't want to go into the first week of April and the grass is super tall and thick because, you know, we waited till April because we wanted to start like, and, and that was a thing when you're billing monthly and for the work that you do, right. Instead of just billing a flat monthly rate, cause it's everything divided by 12. Now this year, we won't have to worry about that as much. It doesn't matter when I start cutting the grass. As soon as the grass starts growing, I'm cutting it because it's all worked into the agreement to the installment plan, Right. Um, AK contract. It, it's all worked into it. So it doesn't matter when I start. So they don't care. And I don't have to worry about it because you're all paying the same. You're not saving money by forcing me, by trying to get me to start later and have to do more work. And then I'm going to charge you more anyway, if I have to unnecessarily double cut stuff because of you, if it's on me, because we got behind on mulch or whatever, and it's just the weather breaks early and grass is growing like crazy. And like, oh man, you know, I, can't get to it for a couple of weeks and that's on me. I'm not going to charge you for my own neglect of not having to double cut it. But if you're forcing me or trying to get me to, you know, I don't want to say force, but if you're asking me or if I'm making an exception for you to cut the grass later and not have to double cut it, I'm going to charge you anyway. So I should have just cut it last week and it w- your grass would look nicer sooner and all that. So Man, so many things have happened over the years. I just try to share all these crazy stories and conversations and hypotheticals and whatever, because I've just been, I feel like I've been doing this forever, but of course there's so much more to learn, so much more to do. It's only my ninth season. So it's not like I'm some seasoned veteran by any means. I never stop learning, but man, I feel like a lifetime of learning in nine, nine years. You know, when you're cutting people's grass, you're on properties every day, week after week, year after year, it really adds up. You know everything about everybody. They know a lot about you. They know all, a lot of your habits. You know all of theirs. You know they know when, when you typically come and where you park and what you do and this and that and who you got working for you and giving you you know if you like you know red Gatorade versus orange Gatorade or whatever you know like it ends up being more a, a more of a relationship than anything else when you have people for so long and and that's good and bad right but for the most part for me it's good because I try to keep only the good people that are going to be good like that. But, um, so, you know, it's just, it's, uh, where was I going with that? I don't know. But at any rate, that's what, uh, that's what my, you know, my, my big plans for 2023 are. I can't wait to start the season with, uh, my new crew leader and get some part-timers on the way. Um, lots of exciting things usually happen in the spring rush. It's obviously super crazy and busy, but there's all kinds of opportunities new and old that always surface, uh, for me to navigate and new opportunities. And so I'm, I'm excited for it. You know, if I finally have some good, reliable people, you know, at this point, I mean, I've definitely, it's been up and down, right? Everything's cyclical. I've definitely had some good team members working for me over the years as well. And they come and go, unfortunately, or take, take breaks or whatever, you know, they try something and then, you know, then they come back as long as everything's on good terms, or I just, you know, realized that I needed to make an exception, you know, from time to time. Uh, but 
So, I mean, right now, currently, I'm starting to go back into the upswing where I'm finding some good good folks and building a good team. And we'll see where that takes us into the spring and how much more work we get in the spring and how many more good people I have to find and so on. Hopefully get up to those uh, the second crew. Um, definitely there will at least be me being the second crew now that I have a crew leader for crew one. Um, so they can just go, like I said before, and take care of the mowing route while I take care of all the fertilization and weed control and any other stuff, obviously, you know, quotes, and then the spring will be super helpful, not having to do all of the work and all of the quotes and all the communication. So now I can just really focus on timely quotes and communicating with potential clients, as well as taking care of all the treatments and making sure they're on time and everything's on point and not feeling like I'm running around with a chicken with my head cut off constantly uh, with my second truck um, and and just having a little more organization and a little more um, positive moving forward um, momentum. So looking forward to all that. And uh, I will be talking to you guys in the future, obviously, uh, about all, all those kind of things as they come up, different updates, you know, how they're doing, any other ups and downs, pros and cons. That's, that's what I try to do. I kind of, I kind of treat this podcast like a, like a vlog in a way where a lot of my episodes, the, the IBG in between guest episodes, the AKA solo episodes where I'm just talking, talking to you guys um, <clears throat> and not interviewing anybody else. It's usually like, like I've said before, topics that are on my mind and also just sharing things that happen in my life and business in the moment, in the time frame. you know, whether it be complete breakdown of staffing or, um, you know, new equipment or what, whatever, you know, all different, you know, different events I'm going to, whatever the holidays, family, this and that, like, I just try to share my life a little bit on the podcast in between all the guest episodes. And of course, I'm sure that stuff comes up while I'm interviewing guests too. And there's different things that, that are in common that we discuss and so on. And I still share my personal and business things on there too. But I really try to focus more on the interviewee, you know, who I'm interviewing, the guest, more, more than, than myself. I'll just say things to kind of relate to what they're talking about and stuff like that. Or sometimes they ask me questions and we'll have a discussion about stuff like that too, about, you know, what I got going on along with what they have going on. So lots more interviews lined up coming up. I already have some that I've already recorded. So as you're listening to this episode, they're e they're either already out or they will be coming out soon. And again, more and more to come. The winter time, you know, like now that we are in the winter, like leading up to the end of the season is a hustle. Going into the holidays is a hustle. I'm spending with my family. It's a lot of stuff going on. So I still don't have a lot of wiggle room. It's not till after the holidays and when we're in the dead of winter in January and then most of February. Um, that's when I have more time to create more content, come up with more plans for different things, spend more time with everyone in my life that matters and uh, inter interview as many folks as I can. Go to different events, whatever events are around and available this time of year. There's a couple coming up in February. There's the podcast summit coming up at the end of this month in January. That's at Caleb, Allman, Caleb and Brittany Allman's uh, HQ, they call it, out there in Carroll, Ohio. So check out the link in the episode description here. You can see, get all the details for that. Um, but that's <clears throat> that is open to anyone that wants to, if you already, if you have a podcast or you want to start a podcast, what a great networking opportunity that is, right? To be able to hang out with me, Caleb, Paul, um, and, and several other folks that are coming to podcast 
as well as if you just want to and and or if you just want to come and and be on one of our podcasts or all of our podcasts you know or and just hang out and talk shop just it's another networking opportunity it's going to be smaller by nature it's not like it's the equip expo or anything where we've got hundreds and hundreds of people already there that can just come to whatever meetup or event that we have going on this is a little more specific more niche it's a destination you really have to want to come whether you're local to ohio or you're somewhere close enough that you can drive or if you really want to fly out you can do that um and and we'd love to have you and and hang out and have you on the podcast or help you with your own podcast so and collaborate with you on podcasting so that's what that's all about all, all about the podcast summit we're always podcasting in the background of events you know, hotel lobbies and things like that. And I just wanted to make an event dedicated to podcasting where it's in the forefront versus in the background. So, so that's what we have going on there. So of course I'm going to have lots of episodes coming out from that. So that's going to become at the end of the month. But in the meantime, I'm also already hooking up with some other folks here and there as well to get, to get interviews. And then there's going to be more events in February. I know there's Kohler has their event in February so I'll be going to that, getting some more content there and so on. So and then we just it just goes from one thing to the other and we'll just keep that momentum going with the IBG episodes kind of in between, just kind of filling in the blanks and getting clarifying things and setting setting up the next batch of interviews and you know, all that kind of stuff. So I have a lot of fun with it. I enjoy it. Thank you guys for listening. As always, uh this one's a little bit long winded, but just a lot lot to talk about for twenty twenty three. I mean there's kind of two major things I talked about, but a lot of detail for those two things that I wanted to just really talk about and, and uh, kind of process them with all of you guys. Uh, so again, thank you for listening. I hope you guys are making your plans or have already made your plans for 2023, hopefully, and, and you're going to get after it. And I can't wait to potentially see you at one of these upcoming events and we can talk about it or you can always share them. You know, if, if you have other social media and you want to share it, I think that would be great because you, you don't know who you're going to help uh, along the way. And you can tag me or DM me and, you know, Long Care Rookie or LCR Media, both both uh, profiles on Instagram. And, and, you know, I can see what you guys got going on, too. And uh, I look forward to seeing everybody crushing it this year in 2023. So with that being said, thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media podcast. And until the next episode, this is the Long Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.